Hello and welcome to Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we discuss a book that we have read. My name's Chinsey and I really love books and I've written yet another song about books. Books, 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 Hi, I'm Alice Burden. Um, my favourite animal is the bookworm. Hi, I'm Dan Offen, and when everyone else at school was doing their GCSEs, I did the International Book Laureate. Hello, I'm Johnny Gillum. Uh, at school, I would offer to carry the books of girls I'd fancy, and then I'd just fuck off with them. <laughs> Hi, my name's Clive Rudolph. And I'm here to get my kids back. Thank you for joining us, uh, uh, joining me this week. Um, this week we'll be reading um, the book, and this is a challenging one because I'm very uh, bad with pronouncing this word because it's not a real word. Um, and it's called The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, obviously, we know about J.R.R. Tolkien from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, I'm hoping this will be a very uh, invigorating chat about uh, elves and fantasy and um, creation myths. Uh, Christopher Tolkien, the son of J.R.R. Tolkien, edited the book from his father's notes. We are effectively reading a work that's not been finished within the author's lifetime. But what was J.R.R. Tolkien trying to do with this book? Um, it seems to me that, uh, and he stated in interviews, that um, what he was doing was, J.R. Tolkien was effectively creating a new mythology for Britain. I mean, I don't know what was wrong with the old mythology, but I think J.R.R. Tolkien didn't necessarily think that, like, England's mythology, which, what do you think of it? Like, um, King Arthur, for example, or St. Mm. George, all these sorts of things. Um, it represents a side of Englishness, but it doesn't necessarily represent the spectrum. So uh, our, our Nordic roots, our Scandinavian roots, aren't, and Germanic roots aren't represented in the story of somebody like King Arthur, for example. Mm. So what, um, and, and also it's like Christianity, uh, it's a, it's, it, it came from the Middle East, didn't it? Um, Christianity has always been uh, associated with uh, Britain and Englishness, but it's not actually, a, 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 doesn't have its roots in England itself. So what Tolkien was trying to do was effectively create a mythology that was undeniably, indisputably British, and paid homage uh, to everything that came before. Like from like, and you can see little bits of Christianity, Greek mythology, Scandinavian mythology, all over the shop. Is this was this something that needed to be done though? Uh, what, what does this mean? What does this mean in terms of Britishness? Do we need to have Britishness reinforced? And what is Tolkien's idea of what it means to be British? Through not just the Silmarillion, but I guess the whole of like the Lord of the Rings. Like, uh, I've got a question. Yes, I've got a question for Johnny. As a Scotsman, do you feel that you're you're a proud warrior people? Yeah. Yeah. So, so when when Chin Chin is saying things like this, like about British people, are you do you include yourself in that? Because uh, now you've got this new bloody fucking referendum coming up. What are you going to do about that, eh? I think, well, the question of Scottish nationalism, Scottish nationalism took a huge boost when one of your countrymen decided to portray a Scotsman in a award-winning uh, film, Braveheart. Um, yeah, he is good, wasn't he? 
And they did do, after Braveheart was released, they did put a statue in Sterling of William Wallace that doesn't look like any of the historical paintings of William Wallace, but does look like Mel Gibson. <laughs> and my beef with Tolkien is that he said, England doesn't have its own mythology. Let's make it a mythology for England. And it's just Christianity, but with more steps. <laughs> and if he did an actual English mythology, perhaps where Gachnoch and Elrut uh, go to Barbados for two weeks and <laughs> throw cans at foreigners. <laughs> also, I don't understand. Why do English people think it's okay to dress up as crusaders when they go and they look at the, abroad for football? Because that is people, let's go to Germany and dress as people who did pogroms in Germany. <laughs> what, Nazis? I hate England and everyone in it. Me too. Me too, mate. Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> That sweet podcast money. That's how us English people get you. <laughs> we, we're, we, we think colonialism's dead, but then we try and get our colonial subjects. It's uh, reverse colonialism. No, because <laughs> how, how would it be reversed? It's reversed because now, hey, whereas you used to come into our shop, you yeah. know, you know my family, we were, we were, I mean, I come from a long line of murderers, but, <laughs> but. So but you're, you're but it's reverse colonialism because now, whereas before you used to go in everyone else's shop, go fuck up their shit, yeah, and now you, you, you're laying bait in your own country on your own doorstep for all the foreigners to come bloody in and suck up that sweet podcast juice. That's <laughs> true. So you come from a long line of so your family kept on murdering when they got to Australia. Well, yeah, yeah. Are you a murderer? Oh, uh, culturally. Culturally, right? But I don't practice, I'm not practicing murderer. <laughs> Alright. You know. What, 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 okay. what has actually <laughs> happened to your wife? Because you keep on going on about how you need your wife. No, I didn't murder her. No. I, I just offended her. Alright. How? I said it. I, I wasn't here. I didn't, I've never met you before. Okay. Basic. No. Come on. It's not. Let's not get into this because this is sensitive. It's true. Ma I mean, if. A lot of this book, right, I, I felt a great affinity with, with Chris Tolkien. You know, the guy who edited... The, no, the Sun. The Sun. The Sun, the sun okay. of Juror. He edited The Sun. <laughs> Juror. <And> he, <laughs> he edited Juror's Knights. Uh, uh, so so Juror like, had, had, wrote, had wrote, and then Chris comes along, he's like, Dad, it's a bloody mess. What are you doing with this? And he's like... Ugh. And then he died, <laughs> and, then, and then and then afterwards, and then so, so basically, I, I I relate to this whole ordeal of like of, of its its traditions being passed down from father to son, and its father uh, kept passing the baton on. So whereas talk as Jura was what was great, yeah, at writing gibberish, right? So was Chris. So hopefully my son will also take on our traditions of murder. Well, yeah, did, uh, are you, are you actually, culturally, like, culturally? There seems to be an impl implication that Christopher Tolkien murdered his father in that story because he like he wasn't happy with the book. No. He confronted him and then he died. Like they didn't murder him okay, as such. Okay. He just he, he just you know he was old. Okay, he you was, know when you get old. Yes, I know, yes I am aware of the um the and your and your hair goes grey. Yes, yes. Because you're not doing enough yoga. If you want to know, is that like how old are you, by the way, Clive? Uh, I am sixty-four. Oh my 
goodness. I don't look a day over 28, do it's, I? It's incredible. No, no, no. Remarkably well-preserved old man. Uh, if you don't mind me saying. broccoli. Good God. So, steam broccoli and yoga is a secret to... Uh, you heard it here first. Meditation as well. Meditation. And you find, and, and you find that like, like adds a lot to your day. Yeah. Uh, oh my yeah. goodness. Do you have a mantra you use for meditating? Yep. Yeah. Could you share it? No. You don't do that, mate. If anybody were to share their mantra, they'd die. <laughs> Metaphorically. Culturally. <laughs> you know? I, I, I don't know why we're still on this. <laughs> I, I think it's about... Elves. El the elves. <laughs> the, the <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of elves. I think they're Tolkien's best creation. They're the Jews of Middle Earth. <laughs> Are they the Jews of Middle Earth? Totally. Um. Because they go towards the undying lands at the end, which is Israel. Yes. Well, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's a good. And they also have much better stuff than everyone else, and no one else can quite put their finger on the why. The orcs are Germans, I think. The orcs are going to be German. Oh, totally. I, well, the we hobbits are the English. We can. We well. The, the, Who are the, the black guys? Because I remember in Lord of the Rings that there's a bit where they go and then loads of black guys no, come and fight no. the evil ones. Come on, <laughs> that's in it. That is literally in it. Yeah, no. Well, well, yeah. There's a there's a hint of racism in here. No, but they're good. The black guys. They fight off the evil ones. Uh, no, they fight for the evil ones. They fight ones. for the oh, evil ones. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Mm. They're the no no. They've got the big elephants. The oliphants. Mama kills. They mama kills. The hobbits call them oliphants. Yeah, yeah. And Tolkien's very clear that he thinks the hobbits are idiots for doing this. I mean, well, to be fair, like um, the hobbits are portrayed as sweet, sweetly ignorant of the world, and but like brave and tenacious. And it, it, I think it's Tolkien kind of paying tribute to uh, the the humble little Englanders who, yeah. uh, who come out of there, who basically have to see this big wide world and have never be gone beyond the Shire. They don't know anything about the, the wider world, and it's that sort of idea that like he picks deliberately the smallest people in the world to kind of like explore and discover this gigantic like universe he's created effectively. Hobbits are typical UKIP voters. <laughs> you reckon? The Shire would be a UKIP heartland. I mean they'd probably they'd probably vote Tory, it'd be a Tory safe seat. But yeah. like their their MP might defect to UKIP. I, I would say that the average Hobbit definitely. But like People like Bilbo and uh, uh, um, Bilbo's got a lot of money, though. Bilbo is pretty rich. But he'd be—I think Bilbo could feasibly be a Lib Dem. Yes, absolutely. He's an—he's he, an academic, isn't he? He's an academic explorer. But I think uh, all the other hobbits would be suspicious of his Lib Dem. No, and I think it's—it's it's, it's brought out like when he came back, he just hated like he was bored of living in the shy. Kind of wanted to break out and do more adventures and stuff. They'd be like, oh, you haven't come to the. The late, latest conservative meeting. What is that accent? That's the Hobbit accent. <laughs> I've got a question. But if they were UKIP voters, why would they be going to a conservative meeting? Because, as I said, they're a, it's a Tory safe seat. No, you just said it was a UKIP. UKIP yeah, but that'd, that'd be fine with UKIP. But UKIP's only been around for a couple of years. Alright. Well, in in the Hobbit this. world. It's interesting. Because you made the point, Chin, of the smallest creatures in Tolkien's wor world did the adventuring. But in such a magical world, why are why are hobbits the smallest thing? Because because they're about the size of a short human being. Goblins are smaller than hobbits. Or are they? Yeah, goblins are tiny. What, what about mice? <laughs> mice are really small. <laughs> yeah, but they're not like a sentient thing. I don't know. I've seen a mice carry a sword and shield. You're thinking of a different. You think of Redwall. Mm. A mice. <laughs> 
So okay. you're getting your fantasy. Reapy cheap. What? what Reapy Re- cheap. No. Reapy <laughs> cheap. He's from the C.S. Mouse. Lewis. Oh. They were mates. Oh yeah, but C.S. Lewis and um. Rustle and Rustle Mouse. J.R.R. Tolkien. Anyway, yeah, J.R. Tolkien loved the smoke for Herb. That's why he's friends with Rustle Mouse. He knows his connection. Uh, huge pothead, J.R. Tolkien. Uh, he loved it. That's why there's all these like secret pot references in Lord of the Rings. Well, there's one in the movie that isn't in the book, which they put in for no reason. When, when Gandalf goes to meet Saruman, yeah. and Saruman goes, your love of the halfling leaf has clouded your judgement. Yeah. And, and then Ian McKellen has a nervous face, like he's being caught. <laughs> yeah. And he's also, at the time, eating a big burger. <laughs> From his what? Eyes are, his eyes are really red. He's eating a burger. Ooh. 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 He's not nervous, he's paranoid. <laughs> For good reason. He needed to the be guy, more paranoid. Yeah, because yeah, like, I don't know how you feel uh, when you've got a hide. The last thing I want to do is be magically spun around and then thrown <laughs> to the top of a tall tower. She nothing that actually Actually, happened. that's what I really want I mean, to happen. talking to moths. <laughs> is that like, heaven? Yes, so, he does. Some special, some special, um, some special mix. There. I don't think. I think the moths. It goes back to the Cimmerian. Uh I think the moths are angels. Someone's turned into a moth. I don't think they're just moths that he's chatting to. Uh, I think it's like an angel that's turned into a moth. Okay. <laughs> what are the uh, what are the angels called? The the I the oh god the Iger the Ainur. Because Gandalf is an Ainur, isn't he? I think so. The Ainur and Va- Valar, there's two. Ah, the Ainur are the, like, the higher, like they, they, they used to be, well I guess we well, we need to get into this. Uh, we've been dancing around the uh, the topic uh, too long. Uh, let's talk about the first book of the Silmarillion and we will start talking about uh, Ainur and v- Valar. Um, the first book of the Silmarillion is effectively a big old creation myth which talks about uh, the creation of uh, Erda by Ilavatur. Erda? Yeah, Erda, which is basically Middle Earth, effectively. Mm. Um, God in this, uh, the creator, is known as Eru or Iluvatar, um, which is the Elvish for father of all. And the Ainya are his uh, spirits, uh, his I guess angels, I guess, is the best way to describe them, but there are spirits or demiurges which um, um, Eru has brought into existence. And this is interesting. He brings them all together, <coughs> shows them a theme, and then made them create great music. And this is a creation myth which is based upon the notion of uh, creation being sung into existence, that all uh, of, of existence is a great harmonizing song being sung by these spirits. And dissension is only, uh, I guess, trouble comes to paradise in the form of Melkor, who is the greatest of all the Ainya. He's been gifted with the greatest power and knowledge. And he starts deliberately trying to sing his own song and thus creates discord and disharmony within the, the music. Okay, so lots to unpack there from a creation myth. It's like, it's like Robbie, I'll take that. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking, Lucifer, but yeah, Robbie Williams also like um because he be wanted to go solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he starts singing his own song. And He's the most talented of all the Take That members. Was he though? What about Gary? Yeah, yeah what about Robbie Gary? Williams is better than Gary Barlow. Robbie Although, Williams is has a horrible singing voice. But Robbie Williams is probably less evil than Gary Barlow, so maybe Gary Barlow is Melkor. Because Melkor wouldn't pay his taxes. <laughs> 
Do you think Robbie Williams pays his taxes? I don't know. I don't know what the status of Robbie Williams' taxes. <laughs> he believes in aliens. I know he believes in aliens. I don't know if that means you're more likely to pay your taxes. <laughs> it's not. Uh, you need more beliefs to work out what he does from that. But it's a factor. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to discount it, are we? No. Put it. Put it on the board. Yeah. <laughs> New podcast. That's a new podcast. Does Robbie Williams pay his dicks? Another easily Googleable. I think. <laughs> I think we do need to start a side true crime podcast. Right. We right. try and answer questions. It's, it's called. Yeah, it's called trying to answer the questions that we asked in the Faking Look podcast. <laughs> I like the idea of a true and crime it, podcast. And it'll start. I was like, that's not true crime, is it? Everything's got Welcome to trying to answer the questions that we asked during the Faking Lip podcast. Yeah, My name's Alice Burden. My name's Alice Burden. And this week's question is, who is the most evil person in <laughs> Take That? <laughs> that's that's so not a true crime. Like. Two years ago, I visited Gary Barlow in, <laughs> Man- in Manchester. Here's what Gary had to say. Oh, I'm Gary Barlow. Hello. <laughs> See, it would be such. Uh, a- <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm so rubbish. That's Robbie Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's shit, isn't it? I can't stand Robbie Williams. He's so annoying. <laughs> so that's that's kind of a snippet of what. Why, why do you could host this like. separate podcast? Because it has to be a woman, like Sarah uh, Koenig. We should get George Lewis to do it. He's good at companion no. shows. Is this even a true crime anymore? It's finding out if somebody's evil. That's not a crime. Of course it's it? true crime. It's like <laughs> true crime. It would have that style. It have the style of, I, I have of to admit, serial. When people think true crime, they think murder and all this stuff. Like what we're doing here is like finding out if somebody is evil if they paid their taxes or not. Is that like Hey, paying your taxes is a, is a crime. Well no, not pay your taxes is a crime. That's not the a, way that Gary Barlow does it though. It's not yeah. a crime, it's just a moral. Through it, uh, well, yeah. we will, we'll have to come back to that. We'll just put a pin in that for the moment, um, and let's talk about like I, I, what, this creation myth for the Silmarillion. I, this is I, I love the idea of, of music being the, uh, the 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 primary force within Tolkien's universe that is um, a wonderful creative energy. There's um, yeah. some there's been some great like uh, 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 creation myths out there actually. Uh, and this is this is an interesting one. Um, uh, the Egyptian myth of Atum, who created the world, um, he willed himself into existence, and then he created the wind and the rain by masturbating and jacking off into his own mouth and sneezing. That's true, by the way. That is that an actual is, creation. Whose myth. creation myth is that? That's the Egyptians, uh, the uh, people of uh, ancient Egypt in Heliopolis. Which I could, I wish, I wish I if I was a man, like, I, that's what I would try and do. Jack off some um, into legs. my own mouth. Yeah, I mean that. That must be require a lot of skill. Have you ever done it? No. Well, it's a form of meditation, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. If it you, is. Oh, you do a lot of yoga and things, don't you? Yeah, yeah you probably could. Can you do it? Have you done it? Jacked off my own mouth and sneezed it out. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that how um you gave uh you you impregnated your wife? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it. We actually did it. Um, uh, by in vitro fertilization, but I did jack off and sneeze uh, into a test tube, and then it was about I couldn't actually get the the force required to get up the fallop into the fallopian tubes. So because it, long story short, 
it's like a it's like a dripping tip. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I had we had to use get Doctor Harvard on on <laughs> Doctor Harvard. Doctor Harvard <laughs> from from Harvard University from America. You went all the way to America. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you know anything from um, his um his I think as Doctor Harvard. Dr. Harvard's a well-known um, physician. Um, he works very closely with uh, Professor Hospital. Uh, they they come they, they masters in the field of like um, in vitro fertilization. Uh, so yeah, that's um, that that, that was, must have been expensive. How did you afford that? Well, you know, come from a long line of uh, wealthy wealthy well, <laughs> culturally. <laughs> but but what you got to realize here is I don't do anything for my kids. Here, you know, this is a whole, basically a family tree of, cre of creation in Silmarillion, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Silmarillion. So, basically, we've got to keep track of that. Because if you don't keep track of that, then where's the culture going to go? The culture's going to go, the bad stuff happening. Right, right, like, right, right, right. Sauron. You know, this guy, like, is a bit of a dick. Yes, know? Sauron isn't, yeah. Um, really and I know it takes a long time to get around. I just hope... I, ju I just hope it doesn't happen again. Mm. What? Sauron. Evil. Oh, okay. Uh, evil, yeah. Um, it's 2017. Sorry to break it to you, but look, just look around you, Clive. <sighs> Jeez. Do you read the Alice, news? why do you have to be such a downer? Oh, God. What, what's around me? In Australia is going fine. Yeah, no, Australia is fine. Got Murdoch there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah but, he, yeah, but he, he is a bit of a funny one. And um, you had that sexist guy. Well, the Australian. The, the Australian sexist. That's now yeah, the Prime Minister. <laughs> and the Foster's adverts, they were they were quite sexist. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's just our culture, you know? Culturally. Cultural. It's our culture, culturally. But to mm. be racist and sexist. Yeah, we picked it up from over here. From all the murderers and criminals that went over there. Crimos. Back off from murderers. Like, what did murderers ever do to you? <laughs> well, hopefully nothing, ever. <laughs> but, um... It, what have you got against murderers? I... It, it, you have to admit, it violates a lot of um, the uh, Western principles, Judeo-Christian morality, like, um, that we've uh, established. Uh, and How? Before. Well, thou shalt not kill, right? No. Well, that's that, I guess. <laughs> um, well, it's, okay. We so we've been talking. A, uh, we've been talking about like religion is now starting to uh, uh, raise its head in, in the world of uh, of Middle Earth. Uh, interesting thing. Like, I guess we never really get a lot of it in the Lord of the Rings stories and the films. But what sort of religion do they have there? That's it's true. They never pray. Yeah. I never see much prayer. I mean, it seems to me that like a Middle Earth seems to be existing in the world of pagan worship. And if you look at this creation myth about, uh, well, effectively the Ainur and the Valar, they they seem like angels. Melkor seems very similar. The story of Melkor being this sort of a rebellious uh, angel, so to speak, uh, and who's gifted as being the most talented and gifted. He's a lot like Lucifer, and he's a basically the one who makes a power play to um, split off and create his own movement and as a result he becomes the bad one um, but it seems like it, this seems very Chris, uh, uh, like it has its roots in Christianity um, but do you find there are any other religions or any sort of other beliefs that like uh, that you can pick up upon in this sort of uh, in the mythology of Middle Earth what I found quite moving there was a scene where um, with uh, Ralph Nack and uh, his son 
mm. and his son comes to him and they're old now by this point mm, 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 and his father's on his deathbed and he says son I've given you everything I, I only my only regret is that I spent so much time writing these stupid stories and not enough time playing football with you please fix my notes after I die <laughs> <laughs> And it's little things like the human touches, because there's so much, um, there's so many ghouls and goblins that you can kind of, and, and people who are in love but acting like they've never had sex. And it's the humanity that keeps it going. Mm, mm, mm. It's like Cat Stevens in that way. That's, that's very true. That's true. Like on that song, um, uh, Wild World. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Again, music playing a part in the, in the mythology here. Um, My problem with the mythology is Melkor is just too evil. Right. So. He's got like like the devil, i.e. Lucifer and Christian morality. Mm -hmm. you, he's he's pretty evil. The devil's an evil guy. Pretty bad. But almost uh, as bad as Skeletal. Almost as bad as Skeletal. Yeah. Skeletal's the most. If you were to do a chart of evil, Skeletal would be at the top. top. At the top. And it goes down. Yeah. But he's got a skull for a face. Exactly. Face. But you can kind of see uh, the devil's point yes. a lot of the time. The devil. Uh, offers something to mankind that God can't and also he's a necessary evil. Yeah, the devil's but sexy. The devil's sexy and to have true good in the devil's world, it, in the world you need the devil so you need evil to counterbalance mm -hmm. good. But yeah. Melkor's just evil. Mm -hmm. He's got no motivations aside from just being a dick. Um, well maybe that's just um, the writing, the writer, the authors who are biased. Against people with against Melkor. Melkor. Against Melkor, like they, they need someone. Some, someone a, needs anti-Melkor bias. In yeah, the story. I think there needs yeah. someone needs to you know maybe do a podcast um, episode about you know the truth behind Melkor. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the real Melkor? I'm Alice Burden. If only we had the time to make a podcast for every question that ever entered <laughs> our heads. That I come, like, um, but that would be a lot of editing. And I have to write. I'd have to write so many songs. No, you would need to do it. I, I'll present it. It wouldn't fine. be a song part. No, of course you got to have a song part. No, but the music part. would just. It would be the same every week. You'd just be like, like some jazzy something yeah. like that. Yeah. Da 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 Did you murder your wife? Did you murder your wife? Two. <laughs> Bring back media. Sorry, I just to work this out. Yeah, mediocre cop. Can you be on the case? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want any tea? Uh, no, I'm alright, Dave. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> oh god, mediocre cop rides again. Um, mountain elves. Are orcs elves? Yes, yeah. they were. Orcs are fallen elves. They are. Mm. Um, we, I was about to get to that. This is what, like, the creation of all the different races in uh, the, the Middle Earth. It, um, which is, it's a prickly topic, uh, and I've, I've always maintained that like um, the fantasy genre has a uh, race problem, I guess, because I, no other, uh, and I think it's, uh, you see an offshoot of this in science fiction as well. But like, every all the races are defined by certain characteristics, and depending on race you are, you can be good or you can be evil. Apparently, that's an alignment, right? That's an alignment, mm. which is um, really dodgy area, like, uh, but this is what's happened is uh, all these races were created by the Ainyo and the uh, Valor, the dwarves were created and it's a matter of up for debate whether like um, the creation of the dwarves uh, is, is like who were created by the uh, Aule, one of the um, uh, Aule? Aule, 
Ole. 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 A-U-L-E and there's an umlaut over Yeah, Ole. Where's the word? This guy here. You know, this is the beginning of identity politics. Okay. You know, it's it's exactly what's wrong with our system at the moment. What, what I'm campaigning for is the, the, as well as trying to get my kids back is the end to identity politics. You okay? So this and this book is the beginning. Um, the hypothetical beginning. Clive, I'm gonna be able to be honest with you. I'm. Absolutely. I when you talk, when you approached me with like uh, getting on board with the podcast as a means to reconnect with your children and your estranged wife, I was like, yes, absolutely, because I believe books are the perfect medium to do that. Although this isn't a book, technically it's a podcast about books, but you get my point. But now you've sort of like you've snuck in this anti-identity politics like uh, manifesto, and I feel like you've kind of had me on. I I, I thought we had an agreement in good faith. Like you well, know, it's it, it, it's it's the, it's the it's the primary route for me to get my kids back. You see, you see, because okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you again. Okay, all okay. right. So my my ex-wife, okay, she wouldn't listen to me, and she left me because she's a black lesbian in a wheelchair. Because she was she said you're a straight white man, get out of here. I don't want to know. It. I don't want to hear about this. So she kicked me out on the street. She said, "You can't see your kids." And I'm trying to, I'm trying to erode these forces that keep reinforcing these ideals. If she's a black lesbian in a wheelchair, why did she get off you in the first place? Well, as I said, we did it via via in vitro fertilization. Oh, so you're a sperm donor? No, <laughs> she asked me. Are you married? Did were she you- asked me because she said she wanted a mixed race kid so that it could be even more oppressed. I mean, um, here's a question, so Also, from the fact that you, like, now that you've, you've come out from, like, a sperm donor and knowing a bit more about your wife, the whole story about you jacking off in your own mouth and sneezing into <laughs> the birth canal takes on a slightly more I sinister turn. sneezed into like, the birth canal. sneezed into a tissue. tube. Okay. That, that, that she was infused. In what way is she your ex-wife? Yeah, were you married? <laughs> Yeah, well, she she has traditional values about around around uh, child rearing. She she's an odd one, but but you love do you love her? She's alright. <laughs> she's good at Tekken three and Tekken tag tournament. Is she good at Tekken two? No. <laughs> I demolished her at Huarang every time, mate. What's what's the difference between Tekken two and Tekken three that makes her not good? And you good. Uh, Huarang's kicks are overpowered <laughs> in Tekken 2. Oh, okay. So, the the, the reach of, of the kicks. You know, what? <laughs> no, I play as Tekken, uh, in Tekken 2 and Tekken 3 is Huarang, and he's a transgender, gendered woman. You know, that's why he looks so... I don't know, is this relevant to Silmarillion? Yes. Yeah, sure, why yes. not? Well. Uh, yeah, so that's the main reason why I always beat her in Tekken 2. <laughs> So do you still Don't take that out of context and say I always beat her. <laughs> at Tekken. I <laughs> only at Tekken. Fair enough. Clive, what I've gotta ask you. What's your end game boys? <laughs> I've gotta get my kids back, you know. Right. right I wanna right. I wanna get I wanna want the chance to see my kids. I want the chance to live in a house with my wife. She's What's not your wrong with that. Where do you live now? Uh Kilburn. <laughs> You're not even in Australia. <laughs> no, I fly, uh, no, I fly over every now and again to see the folks. All oh, right, okay. Where do your kids live in Kilburn? 
Nah, they live in in Wilsdon Green. Uh, <laughs> they don't live in Australia either. No. All right. Hey, what gave you that impression? <laughs> I've made sure they all have Australian accents, though. Don't get me wrong. It might have been my kids grow up. You know, and it's been very difficult because she won't let me see them. So I've had to subliminally insert things into all their lessons, make sure all of their teachers are Australian, all their PE teachers. That was easy. Get <laughs> <laughs> make sure the PE teachers are Australian. They're all Australian, but. You know, it's been hard. I've had to be in the shadows a lot of the time. <laughs> I look like Melkor. I'm not saying I'm, <laughs> I'm evil in body, but I relate to all these characters. Uh, okay, well, well, you know, like Melkor, much like you, has like, a, it seems, a very long convoluted plan to get what he wants. Um, he's an, an arch manipulator. <laughs> I, I feel that there are certain shall we say, inconsistencies of your story? Uh, like, um, we could probably do a whole podcast about... Uh, yeah. But the questions... Sorry. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the questions... Answering the questions that were asked in the Faking Lip podcast. Sorry, what was the name of the podcast? Answering the questions that were asked in the Faking Lip Not podcast. Not the questions. Answering the questions. No, I got it wrong. Uh. <laughs> It's one of the questions answered in that podcast, Clive's question, what's the name of the podcast? <laughs> I'm Alice Burden, and today we'll be answering the question, what is the name of this podcast? I'm listening to that podcast. I'm really, I'm really excited about this. Oh, gosh. Or it is, at a flip. What's that? At, at a wait flip. That's what the acronym is. <laughs> the acronym. At a wait flip. Dan can be my um, producer. You can sit inside and give me sort of. Yeah. Well, I, I won't be on the podcast. Yeah. Dan will self aside and turn every sentence that comes out of your mouth into an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be producer Dan. <laughs> he just speaks in consonants. <laughs> How's it going today? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay, alright, so we've dealt with the creation myth. We've dealt with the creation myth of, uh, of Middle-earth. Um, we're about to delve into the longest section now, the Quenta Silmarillion now. And, goodness gracious, this is just a litany of births, deaths, battles, betrayals, uh, fathers and sons fighting one another, all in the uh, bid to gain uh, the uh, the, the jewels created by Melkor, uh, the Cimmerals, which um, gives the Silmarillion its name. Uh, I, look, I've made this point before about fantasy literature. Fantasy literature I've always seen as a sort of escapist genre. But the Silmarillion, and indeed a lot of uh, Tolkien's books, uh, have always been filled with a, a measure of struggle and strife. And in the Lord of the Rings books, it definitely felt like what they were fighting was against the very uh, against the very destruction of the world that they lived in itself. But at least they had little like, light moments, you know? Like when uh, one of the hobbits falls over or something like that. Um, or Gandalf sleeping with his eyes open, that was hilarious. Mm. Uh, when they big, grab that big shiny ball and Sar Sauron's like, ah! And all the hobbits are like, oh no! Oh, he sees us with his big old eyes! Classic. classic comedy, classic <laughs> comedy. Um, but the Silmarillion doesn't have any of that. The Silmarillion no. doesn't even have a single character who I describe as being um, 
the comic relief. Really. Well, there's there's a moment when uh, one of the high elves of Aman tells a joke, and he's set upon by his peers. Ah, with pikes. Now that's yeah. Not yet, so they didn't set upon him with fish. No, with yeah. pikes, like really long spears, which was. That's difficult like, because the spears are so long that they were right by him to hear the joke yeah. and then they had to walk really far away to That's a classic oh. stoner, wacky, jackass style comedy that I'm into, you know? Like oh. people hitting people with fish and then It was like, very violent. <laughs> <laughs> what was the joke that the elf told? Um My uh horse has only got two legs. How does he walk? Um unevenly. I mean, I can see why I got that reaction. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't like that joke either. Yeah, but actually, you've got to understand elf, elfish humour. Oh yeah, because um, it's in what? Because it's, it's um, written in elfish. Yeah. So there's a pun element there in yeah, the original. High yeah, elves. Yeah, yeah. The high elves. The, 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 the problem with <laughs> this book as well is so much of it is written in elfish that you literally need to learn a new language. It's very true. Which very a true. pointless language that you don't need to know. Unless you're a dork. Yeah, but even if you're a dork. Most dorks speak a second language. No one just speaks Elvish. <laughs> well, it's like a dead language is a language that was once spoken and no longer is. This is a language that has never been spoken, so I call it spunk language. <laughs> it's just a waste of time. No offense, Clyde. Not happy with that. I wanted to fight you. Sorry, <laughs> it's, oh, it's just a waste of time. This whole so much, a lot of it is in it, and there, a lot of it's in Orkish as well. Well, 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 how do we feel about like um? As I personally, I um, I admire the fact that um, Tolkien was so into like um uh, linguistics and uh, map making, uh, which is uh, fascinating. To child, me. yeah, he just took his hobbies and tried to make a work of literature out of it. Well, no, that's, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Like, do what you love, right? Like he managed to basically turn bungee jumping. Yeah, if you could turn that into a book, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, I don't know how that would. A book you can only read when you're falling through the air and being shot back. I'm bored of nerds telling me, oh, you can only read the Cimmerian if you're falling through the air and going. For it. It's really bungee jumping's expensive. I had to plumb for seventeen bungee jump classes to get through this book. I mean, no. I mean, <laughs> if you were a bungee jump fan, you wouldn't want the people reading the book to be bungee jumping. You'd want to be bungee jumping. So if J.R.R. Tolkien said, I can only write this book whilst I'm falling through the air yeah. because he was a bungee jump enthusiast and then he ended up writing the entirety of a book like on a typewriter was bungee jumping. That's how you get a stealth bungee jump career going he, whilst not, writing a book. He's not even a bungee jump enthusiast. He's a bungee jump evangelicist. Oh, and he wants everyone else okay. to bungee jump. Okay. That's the real religion he's pushing here. It's not elf nonsense. Yeah. Bungee jumping as a force for good in the world. Well, that's what happens when you smoke a lot of weed, as Jura yeah. Tolkien did. So right. that episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where Hillary's fiance uh, dies from bungee jumping, could be seen as a comment against the Silmarillion. Yeah. It's the importance of bungee jumping in yeah. society more worldly. And marijuana. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Classic <laughs> Fresh Prince. Classic, classic Fresh Prince. Dad's Such never a... seen Fresh Prince. No, I haven't. He, are you racist? Yeah, that's why. Ah, oh, cool. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how you could have grown up and never seen Fresh You've Prince. You've seen of bits Bella. of it. It was always on at the same time as The Simpsons. No, it wasn't. Well, that's impossible because because you you would sorry just just, just, to, just to be clear, it would be you get home, watch Blue Peter, which sucked. Then you'd watch News Round. 
then it would be Neighbours, then The Simpsons, then Fresh Prince. I was busy reading books. Boring. Like this. Simpsons is I've been reading this book since I was six years old. We've been preparing for this podcast for 20 years. It's how long it takes to write this book. Read this book. It, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, and I'm not sure we can cover all of it, but we'll, we'll do our best. But in the meantime, I can't believe you have never seen The Fresh Prince. Um, I've seen bits of it. You've seen bits of it. I've seen that bit where Will Smith gets really sad about his dad. Okay, yeah, that's a classic bit. But like, do you, do you even know the rap? Yeah, I know the rap. The how rap do you know is the very rap? much... How do you know the rap? I've never seen the Fresh Prince. That doesn't make any sense. We've all done angel comedy. Oh my god. In West Philadelphia. That's not how it starts. Don't. That one did. No, and don't. I like the rap where Melkor tries to rap My name's the Fresh Prince and I'm here to say, I'm here to Bel Air in a major way. What? I've never heard the English version. I've only heard the Aussie version. Of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. How does that go? Um. Uh, well, well it's, a, it's about Prince Charles, first of all, that's the English version. It's actually about the mo- mo- monarchy, like, as yes. it exists in this country. In West Buckingham Palace, I was born and raised. In Buckingham Palace was where I spent most of my days. <laughs> Shilling out, maxing, waxing all court in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Shooting some foxes outside the school. <laughs> Which was located outside Buckingham Palace. <laughs> this is basically, a, he, he focused not so much about, like, a, who he was and what he was here to say, but mostly where he came from. <laughs> Has and any where he spent rap most ever contained the words that I'm here to say? <laughs> yeah, where does that trope come from? Uh, it comes from the first It's so formal. <laughs> I don't get where, actually where it does. I've never heard a rap with that in. Do you know where it comes from? Manners. <laughs> you can't just turn up in the middle of a song going, yo, 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 rap. You gotta say, hey, excuse me. <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> my name is Chinsey, and I'm here to say, oh, you got my attention. <laughs> my favorite rap begins with. <laughs> my name's Prince Charles, and I'm here to say. Um, Let's talk about uh, Aleka Babeth. Yes. Is that another podcast that you've come up with? <laughs> Alabeth. Islamophobic podcast. I mean, most of these names do sound like do sound like acronyms for podcasts. Don't they? <laughs> this bit here: the Valor had attempted to fashion the world for elves and men, but Melkor continued to destroy the handwork. After he destroyed the two lamps that illuminated the world, was that? Were the lamps? I thought it was a song. Which song? I said I thought the world was a song that was getting sung. Yeah, no, that as well. There's lamps now. There's lamps as well. They create lamps. Yeah, they shine on the earth. And because it sounds have, like um, a whole load of nonsense. <laughs> um, I mean, Valor created two trees that illuminated Valinor. How do trees illuminate things? <laughs> They're on Magic. fire. Magic. Magic. Burn the trees. Soon after, but the stars. We had a burning bush in Christianity, right? Yes, it's true. Look, I'm just saying. Look, there's, how is anything that Tolkien has written in this book any more nonsensical than any major religion? Quite frankly. Yeah, you know, it's all, no Christianity it's, makes sense. There's no lamps in it. Yeah, there are. So, so, Hosanna. Yeah, it's a lamp. She's not a lamp. No, there's a lamp, isn't there? Put oil in my lamp. Keep yeah, but that's burning. an actual lamp. Not some sort of giant Give me lamp. Oil that in my makes lamp. The whole world. I pray. I don't know what it means or anything. But it's just about just it's song. about a literal lamp. <laughs> Well, that's Dan, how would you Let's crack the like? mystery of what the phrase, give me oil in my lamp, keep it, it burning, means, means. Just means have a lamp. 
And it, and, no, we need and to devote Hosanna, at least seven episodes. I don't episodes think Hosanna's a person. I think it's like a yay. It means yay. <laughs> I don't know. Well. Right, we what does Hosanna mean? <laughs> we need to get back into this podcast. <laughs> that theme tune sounds kind of strangely similar to the Fraser theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love Fraser. Oh, oh yeah, that's great. Everybody does. Wait, we'll In Ammon, Fenor, son of Finwy, king of Noldor, created the Cimmerals, jewels that glowed of the light of the two trees. What is what this is all this in service of? We've talked about talking, trying to create a new mythology for Britain, and this is as in depth and convoluted and goes on. For many, many generations, a history of the world doesn't exist, but what does it tell us about our world? What is the point of having a mythology? Mythology exists to make sense of a world which is chaotic and crazy, I believe. Mm. That's what I think. That's why we have myths. It also gives us something, a standard to live up to, I guess. So what are we learning from Silmarillion? Can you imagine the sort of society that would be birthed that based itself upon the teachings of Silmarillion? I think there'd be a lot more people who are morally grey. Right. Because the thing about Christianity and other moral things is there's kind of a middle ground. Like, it's not, it's just be, it's like, be good, but don't, you can, don't be a bit of a dickhead. Like, the idea of sin in Christianity is that we can all be corrupted slightly and we yes, should all try yes, to be yes, pure. Yes. Whereas in um, this book, you're either super good or just a massive dick. Yes. There's no one who's just a bit of a dick in Middle Earth. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So I, I think if we based our, our lives upon uh, the Silmarillion and Lord of the Rings, everyone would just be really morally grey and would just be doing slightly nasty things to each other because they wouldn't understand that that is also bad. Also, I think people would just be more nerdy in okay. general. Right, right. There'd be more dorks and nerds and stuff and I'm not down with that. And people would be go around with names like Morgoth and Telprion and... Yeah, I think there'd still be traditional names as well. And Raza. Belendian. That's a guy. Belendian. That's a guy. I know, I think it's a place. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I find myself thinking though, like going back to the original point about like this, um, it's a gloomy book. It's a really gloomy book. It's full of murder, betrayal and suicide. Um, the world of Middle Earth is a depressing place. Um, and it's kind of like a, a far cry from, I guess the- What, the video game? Yes. The, well, the, more like think about like the Hobbit. Think about Lord of the Rings. Think about like the Shire. And think about how Tolkien was creating this sort of idyllic, idealized image of Britain um, in the Shire. That's what the Shire is, right? That's England. Um, mm. That's Tolkien saying, mm. "Look at this beautiful countryside like place." And and is it just the Shire is England, which is why when they cross the river, the next place they they meet is is Bree, because the river represents the English Channel. <laughs> Just some sort of cheese land. Yeah. yeah well, France. yeah. Why not? All the people are much more tinier, right? So like, it's cheese. Uh, strangers hiding in shadowy corners of pubs. Yeah. Uh, getting stabbed in your bed. And they serve drinks in pints, and, as opposed to half pints. And being rude to people who uh, ask you questions. For example, when they say, um, "What are you doing here, young master hobbits?" In France. <laughs> we wish to stay at the prancing pony. Our business is our own, which is really <laughs> full on <laughs> and defensive <laughs> and suspicious. 
Yeah, they could have just said, oh, we're here to stay. <laughs> and they would have been like, fine. <laughs> if you go, I'm here to stay, and I'm not telling you anything more. Because I wasn't asking anything more. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, they say, we're sorry, young Master Baggins. We've just had our had our eye out for suspicious behaviour because we know those weird wraith-like murders have been happening. <laughs> they, because they were high and paranoid, weren't they? <laughs> clearly, clearly. Ah. Oh, would you like a room? Nothing! It wasn't doing anything! <laughs> oh. But also you got to think as well, if when you're eating so many meals a day, is there uh, eat- Again, another... Uh, this is Exclusively <laughs> breakfast food, mind you, as well. Very unhealthy to be eating blades of it. They're gonna, they're gonna be high. They're gonna... They're weirdos as well. And they're gonna, and they're gonna, they're gonna have a massive food coma. So right, you're right, gonna right, be right. irritable, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, and paranoid, and just a little bit on edge. It's a on recipe edge. for disaster, and not even to mention that that the murderers, murderous wraiths are trying to kill them, which mm, mm. Uh, debatable whether it's not so, such a good thing. I don't mm, know. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, y- y- it's a real problem we've got in our communities, and we've got to be honest with it. Right, the drug problem. Stop feeding people ten breakfasts a day. <laughs> Is that the other thing you're here on the podcast to do? Well, that's what I'm trying. Well, well, she's trying to also make the kids really fat, so that so that they can they get they get to be more oppressed. So oh, right, okay. She's it's all about just trying to make these kids as un, as unlikable as possible. <laughs> I really, I, 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 I'm worried now that we are getting too much of one side of this like uh, dispute the couple. Yeah, I do want to hear. Yeah, Maybe she get your like wife on the podcast. Please don't believe me. Oh, I mean, she's not your wife, the woman that you dated. You don't believe me, what I'm telling you about my, about my kids. Um, Is it just a woman you're stalking? No! <laughs> no! Come on! Give me a break. You, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't say this to me if, if I were a woman. If she doesn't want you to see her kids, why is she moved quite so close to you? If you live in Kilburn, why she moved to uh, Wilson Green? We play darts at the same darts club. <laughs> but, but the, so that's like really important to you, is? Well, what's more important, the darts or the kids? Ah, uh, <laughs> come on, don't make me choose. Like, what? It's my right, okay? That they are my kids, okay? And if you are boring me, I think legally the rules on sperm donation mean that they you don't have any legal right to them. Why? Just because that's... Who made up these rules? The, the Identity politics. <laughs> the thing that people say when something's wrong and they don't like it. So I'm saying that now, then. I think it's quite complicated. I think the children have to... I'm not sure. Do we have any lawyers? Oh, this is for another podcast, I suppose. But uh... Yeah, well, we'll ask it on the uh, questions. Sorry. We can call... The answers to the questions. I've got a friend that we can call who's a lawyer. All right. Yeah. Why are you calling? <laughs> I will. After the podcast, we haven't got time. We're gonna get back to this book. I'm sorry, Clive. You're you're really derailing matters. Um, you wouldn't say it to me if I were in my chair. Excuse me, sir. Can you just repeat that? No. <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> what did you say? He said he would. I wouldn't say it to him. If no, I didn't would. say. <laughs> <laughs> Dying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's another problem as well. I'm also dying. 
Which is why I'm trying to get on this podcast to get my kids back by talking about the Silmarillion. Oh my goodness. What also is weird though is that you're trying to get your kids back. So I don't know how this is going to help. But you'd never share the podcast on your social media. <laughs> in fact, any time we tag you in it, you de-tag yourself. So I don't get... I don't want, I don't want Mark Zuckercorn <laughs> fucking chasing after me and getting, getting, my, getting money off my advertising. <laughs> Right, I work in advertising, Milo. Oh, right, okay. Oh, fair enough. So you work in advertising. For what company? Uh, Lehman Sachs. Is <laughs> that a company? It's, yeah, it's bank. a bank. It's a, it's a bank, but... <laughs> going through hard times. But I thought it just didn't exist anymore. I did a lot of efforts, though. Uh, trying to get brand out there. No, anyways, so the Silmarillion. Lehman Sachs is a combination between Goldman Sachs and the Lehman Brothers. <laughs> kind of merger. Well, Two failing banks merging. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we just combine all our debt into one big, giant debt written bank. Everyone uses that. Hello, me the CEO. <laughs> so you work in advertising and you're the CEO of a failing double bank. <laughs> a double bank. Too damn right. I was all running out of Kilburn. <laughs> a new financial centre. <laughs> Kilburn on the Bakerloo line. Kilburn's not on the Bakerloo line. Right, on the Jubilee yeah, line. No, I, I, I live there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kilburn High Road. Oh, Kilburn High Road, but Kilburn uh, Central is on uh, Jubilee line. Yeah, we don't, we don't use that one, though. What about Bronsbury? Bronsbury's fine, I guess. The overground Bronsbury. Cricklewood. That's where. Well, that's are not all real. real places. Cricklewood, <laughs> Cricklewood isn't Kilburn though. It's near Kilburn. Thanks, thanks for that. that. That was important though. That was important. I'm glad we um we discussed that um because I wasn't sure whether Kilburn High Road was on the Bakerloo or the Jubilee line, so it's good to know. I was this close to starting up my own podcast to get to the bottom of that. Don't worry, I'm on it. Um, so, we are coming almost to the end of the Silmarillion. I'm not sure how much we've actually covered. <laughs> I don't think we've covered any of the Silmarillion. No, we've, 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 we've covered. We've spent one minute talking about the Silmarillion. <laughs> yeah, but what, the important thing is that we figured out that the Jews are the elves and they're the best. And that's why. But like, look, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. We gotta wrap up this discussion here, um, and and let's, let's try to come to some sort of consensus as to like what the Silmarillion is trying to do. What is what is the the purpose of the mythology of the Silmarillion? What is Tolkien trying to say about British culture and mythology through these made up stories? He's trying to say it's rubbish. Have mine that I wrote. <laughs> okay, how? How would you? How does the Silmarillion relate to uh, the, the other more famous works? Then, um, how, how does it does it fulfil an important part of uh, the Tolkieniverse? I, I tend to view the Silmarillion as a big book that's basically made up of three separate novellas, which is uh, charting um, the beginnings of Middle Earth, the main part of which is like the uh, I guess the Middle Ages of Middle Earth, um, charting the uh, the Quentin Silmarillion, which is the tale again another sort of like um, tale of like um, cursed jewels which have to be destroyed and um, people are fighting over. Obsessed with jewellery. People are absolutely <laughs> obsessed with it. Have like, you seen 
the photos so what about of Tolkien. The bling? Tolkien's no. all you covered. just covered in jewels. <laughs> <laughs> that's what like that's why it took him so long to write the book because he couldn't hold a pen because the number of bejeweled rings he had on <laughs> well, each finger. That's peop what people don't realize. They like, weren't precious to him. He had so many. That's why Mr. T like wore all those chains and and all people always ask what did the T stand for? Talking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mr. Mr. T is J is Gerard. <laughs> and that's, that explains why he's always pitying fools throughout all of the, of the, of the rings. <laughs> fools of a t- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because there's that bit of, uh, he was pity Bilbo didn't kill Gollum. It was pity. It was pity that saved his hand. <laughs> and he tried to treat his mother right. Was <laughs> <laughs> it like getting in no plane? Like... Yeah, yeah, there are no planes, but there is a, there, there are eagles. Yeah, that's true. This has been a tough book to cover, mainly because of the amount of unpronounceable names in the narrative. Um, I think that though that we have uh, reached the end of this. I don't know if we've come to any sort of conclusions about the book at all, but we're going to give some notes to Tolkien anyway as to how he could have improved his book. Uh, in our sec, in it's you know what section this is. It's notes. So, notes. What have we got? Oh well, just just to say uh, Chris Tolkien is still alive. Yes. So be kind. I think the book should have been left as notes, if I'm honest. Which they were, yeah. They, I, I think it's the problem is it still feels like they are kind of notes. Aren't he's they? trying to graft a narrative onto something that doesn't need a narrative. It should have just been a load of notes, and you can read them like a Wikipedia article if you want. There's no reason for this to be made into a book. Right. Okay. It should have okay. stayed as a collection of notes, and you could go into them and read, rather than the stupid long narrative about lamps. It should have been just a bundle of pages you found on a bus, as opposed to an actual book you buy. Right. A bit so, like um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Totally. You only find yeah. that on buses? No, but yes. Mm. Good answer. Um, you know what, I'm going to take the opposite uh, route here and say that, like, if anything, um, I would have happily have read an actual uh, book just if he released them separately as it is he released them all at the same time and it's, it's a long long like a historical narrative of things that like that haven't happened or don't exist but if he'd actually taken the time like the Quintus Silmarillion which is the main story uh, and forms the bulk of the book there's so much that happens there so much murder and death and blah blah and any one of those stories could have formed I reckon a perfectly a uh, fine uh, work of fantasy literature on its own. Um, especially the one where the guy uh, accidentally sleeps with his own sister. That was a good one. Sounds good. I'm not looking forward to the Peter Jackson film of this. Is it going to happen to you? Because he'll release something like 200 films. That's it. Yeah, would you act. Well, he really sort of snuck in bits and pieces of the Silmarillion within the actual Hobbit trilogy itself. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the dwarves and the history of the dwarves. It's all kind of like stealthily put in there. But do you, I mean, do you think the Silmarillion even lends itself to the the the, the screen? I don't, I don't think it lends itself to the page. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say it belongs more on the page than on the screen. Um, 
Uh, mainly because of the fact that like it works within the uh, the meta narrative of the universe of being a uh, book of hi history for that universe. And yeah, I wouldn't say it's an essential book, but it is. I guess it's nice to have it. I I like knowing that it exists. I like knowing that people are making up languages and making up maps of places that don't exist. I take comfort in that. Good. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Just so you know. I think you're wrong. Okay, all right, that's fine. Perfectly entitled to your opinion. Um, I don't really know what else to follow up with that. Then so I, I think to argue against you're that. You're wrong. Okay, all right, all right. Thanks for inviting me on, by the way. <laughs> um, do you have any other notes other than I'm shit? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the text could have been more spread apart. Right. On the page, it was all very close together. But okay, it seems that the biggest takeaway I'm getting from the notes section of the Silmarillion is that perhaps there shouldn't have been so much of this book. Am I wrong? No. I, I feel that like this is something that we tend to come back to again and again and again. Shorten it, shorter books. I think put more fat on it, if anything. Don't, instead of making such a lean book, get some juice in it. You know, get some nice melty. I don't think it should have been shorter. I just think it should have been less of a story, more notes. Okay, like bullet points. Yeah. So, like, if you, I'll go for it. If if the Silmarillion had been a series of bullet points, or even or even Cliff's notes, if it had been yeah. the Cliff's notes version of itself, yeah, then that would have been more effective. More effective. Okay. I mean, even the Wikipedia pages too too complex. I don't know why you went on the Wikipedia page, but um, uh, yeah, I didn't read the Wikipedia page. I read the book. Um, which I read the book. I just had to refer to Wikipedia or some, you know. That's cheating, Alice. That's cheating. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wikipedia, anybody could have been at that Wikipedia page and said anything. None of what we, none of what you've said in the podcast could have been true because you were relying on this source that is unreliable. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. This um, this podcast feels tainted now, knowing that like somebody was on who didn't necessarily know what they were talking about. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible. Well, anyway, thanks very much. I think like um, we had a very worthwhile conversation. Um, I think we've got to move on to the uh, final section of the uh, podcast, where we uh, deal with the mail that we've been receiving. Alice, you had uh, an email that um, you received this yes. week. Yes. It's from celebrity chef Rick Stein. Okay. I'll just uh, get it up now. So it was from the online form from our website, which you readers, listeners, can... Uh, What's that website again? What's that website again? It's um, fakinglitpodcast.wordpress. Oh, is it just faking it? Yeah, good that we've nailed this on the head. <laughs> do, you, do you want to try again? <laughs> no, wait, I, I, I can look it up. I thought we'd, we'd sorted this out now, but okay. This is basically the part of the podcast where everybody's relaxing. Yeah. We're all sitting in a, um, a hot tub of the mind right now after having exercised our frontal lobes and um, hardcore intense analysis of a book. So we're just all cutting loose now, eating after rates, having a jolly old time doing a bit of a victory lap. And what better way to do a victory lap than to uh, go over the emails and the love that we've received from all our loyal listeners in the past week. 
Um, Alice, you have a piece of mail um, that yes. we received um, from our website, which you can visit. It's fakinglit.wordpress.com. We've got some funny articles there and links to the episodes and yada, yada, yada. And you can get in contact with us through there. Alex, what was, um, what was this email that we received? So week? the emails come from Rick Stein. Um, what, the Rick Stein? Well, they've put the web, their website as www.rickstein.com. Um, so yeah, I, I believe it is celebrity, celebrity chef Rick Stein, famous for fish. Oh, Steiner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know Oh. Ah, so that's probably why he's listening. So here's what he's here's what he said. Hi guys and gals. Loving the podcast. Walking through Richmond Park with a glass of wine in one hand and faking lit in the other. Why, that's my perfect Sunday. And then he did a smiley out of um punctuation. There's a lot of there's a lot of punctuation. So Rick, if you're listening, maybe go a bit easier on the exclamation marks and the commas. Last Friday, my head waiter, Jack, had a panic attack. And just before the evening rush, bar the doors, I yelled like a commander at sea. Put chairs and tables up against them. We're listening to the Faking Lit podcast. And after that, you didn't put a full stop, which was a bit... Shocking, to be honest. Classic Steiner. <laughs> Not only did it cure the madness of Jack, but the whole staff are working better than ever. Thanks, faking lit. I'm just reading this as, as it's punctuated. It really is a great podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, last night I was laughing so hard at that funny man and his foreign accent. My wife kicked me out of bed. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks for all the good times and great laughs. Next week, why not discuss How to Save Your Marriage by Dr. Ed Wheat. Your pal, Rick Stein. It you're could not, be Rick Steen, we're not sure, but uh... You're not actually married though, are you, Clive? Yeah, we got married. Oh yeah, you did get married, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, over the internet. And I'm, I'd like to get into, I'll get back in touch with Stein out there. I'd also like to know about that book. Well, have to save your marriage. Well, maybe. I mean, we have a strict fiction-only rule on Faking Lit, unfortunately, um, and that does sound like it would be a work of non-fiction and self-help book. So, probably not covered by our own strictures. Um, so thank you sorry, very man. much, Mr. Stein. Um, we really appreciated that um, lovely, lovely message from you, um, and just the image of you walking around Richmond with a glass of wine in one hand and our podcast in the other. Um, it's just fills me with a warm glow within within me um I, I, we need we look i said it before said it again we love hearing from you our listeners uh if you want visit our website that's fakinglit.wordpress.com and leave a comment for us there or you can write to us in, uh directly at uh, fakinglitpodcast at gmail.com and we honestly have a very low bar for what is considered <laughs> a acceptable letter that we will be, are prepared to read out on uh, on air. So just whatever, send us whatever. Uh, and as always, leave a review for us, like and share the uh, the podcast on iTunes. We're still at that sort of like hinterland where I'm still being told that we don't get a star rating on our podcast because we haven't received enough reviews yet. And. Um, you know, it would be nice to see like um how much pe what what sort of reception we're getting. 
And as always, the offer goes out. If you write a review of our podcast and it's a particularly scintillating or uh, apropos review, we will probably read your review out and review your review on the show. Um, I think that almost does it for all of us. Does anybody else have anybody anything else to plug or that they want to mention? I'd like to plug my kids. Wait, 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 wait. There has to be a better way of referring to uh, kids. Don't listen to your mother. She's gone nuts. She's PC gone mad. Listen to me, you good old dad. That's it. Okay. All right. Thanks, Clive. Thanks again for coming on uh, the show, Clive. And I do wish you the best of luck. Uh, and even if you do get your wife and kids back, I do hope you still continue to appear on the show. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. All right. But I can't see it happening anytime soon. What appearing on the show or getting your getting my wife? Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's looking brilliant. I mean, look, on the your loss is our gain. Um, well, sorry, I didn't mean to sound callous about that, but obviously, I hope you get your kids and you your wife. Son of a bitch. Well, I'm just saying that it's nice to have you. Uh, on the show. I'm great. I'm gonna leave the room and slam the door. I'm gonna slam the uh, the door so hard. Well, he didn't slam. Okay, all right, that's fine, that's fine. I don't want you slamming stuff in my home. Um, it's, it's all good. Guys, anybody else? Anybody else have any, uh, anything dramatic to plug or uh, reveal? Uh, same again as last time, Brighton Fringe. Mm. Um, under the who's, the what's, the when's, the why's, if you Google it on the Brighton Fringe website, do come along. It's at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. That's Dan and I, I'll be doing a comedy show. And where's it happening? And what's At the Quadrant. The Quadrant in Brighton. Yeah, the first three weekends in May. Oh, awesome. And, you know, we'll get down to that, show your love, and remember to shout out your fake, the Faking Lip Podcast uh, catchphrase when you're in the audience. Half your age plus seven! That's right, everybody knows it now, everybody knows. It's the catchphrase that's sweeping the nation. Uh, Johnny, you have anything you want to plug? Hashtag Project Gersh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I'm involved with it, but I really, I've got no idea. <laughs> I Not smell me. a podcast in the making. What? <laughs> <laughs> the question. <laughs> the answers. Answering the questions that have been asked in the Faking Lip podcast. What is hashtag Project Gersh? I'm Alice Burden. Tight. Yeah, you see, it's, it's tougher than it looks, isn't it, hosting mm. a podcast? Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for being with me here today. Uh, I think that wraps it up. Wraps it up. Um, join us next week, where hopefully we'll be doing a book that wasn't such a fucking mess. Um, <laughs> until then. Bye. 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 Bye! Love you, bye. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do?